Naturopath Catherine Maslin decided that charging by the hour had hairs on it. So she bravely launched the world's first natural healthcare membership model. Did it get a few existing clients' noses out of joint? (laughs) Yes. Would she do it all again? Hell yeah. It's a courageous episode 465 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing well-being. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, you, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's exactly what we do around here. And if you want a little bit more of that, you can join our free Facebook group to discuss the learnings from each episode with myself and other motivated business owners. Just search for the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook. Hey, big episode today. We go behind the scenes with naturopath Catherine Maslin as she explains how and why she introduced a membership model into her service-based business. Very courageous move and a very smart move, as you will find out. We hear from LA's concierge to the star, Steve Sims, who's got another way to wow those beautifully precious clients of yours. Speaking of wowing clients, a highly motivated listener, well, he explains how he makes his prospects go wow and wins a lazy thousand bucks worth of prizes in this week's Monster Prize Draw. And listener Jeff asks how to create awareness in the lead-up to his new cafe opening. Hmm, got some ideas for young Jeff. And a couple of comments. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck. Right in. Oh, wow. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 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 I can't hear you. Oh, wow. Wow. Did someone say something? Oh, yes, indeedly, doodly. It's time for another business building tip to wow those precious clients of yours. As usual, all the way from the US of A, we're joined by his royal wowness, Steve Sims, who's also the best-selling author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, and a fellow that I've got to tell you pulls no punches when it's time to satisfy those precious clients. Steve, how are we going to wow those precious clients of ours this week? Well, we're going to talk to you about something that aggravates the hell out of me. Mm. I remember years ago, someone came up with this saying that it's not personal, it's business. And nothing has made me want to vomit more than that actual paragraph. You see, the bottom line of it is today, business is personal. And you want to be really successful in business? Then be more personal about it. Get to know your clients. And I'm not about what they want. I'm not about what they like, what they dislike, what they feel, what makes them excited, what makes them happy, and play with those emotions. You see, if you can bring your personality and your and your actual uh, attention to detail into business, you will get further with it and you will breed this thing that we need desperately now called loyalty. Mm. 
Get it, we, and I totally agree. I mean, only a few weeks ago, I awarded a prize to a listener who sent me an email telling me what he'd done in his business and how, how great the show had been for him. It was signed off, the email I got was signed off Lane, right? That was his na- first name. I could not find his surname. I couldn't even find a picture of him on his website. I, I've gone on about this on the last episode, so I'm so sorry, Lane, to bring it up again. But that's a simple way. I mean, I, the amount of websites I go to from service-based in- businesses that don't even introduce their staff. What other ways can you become personal in business, Simsy? Well, you can do it by, funny enough, even having a, a, a nickname. We've got a girl called Jessica that works for us, and she will go Jessica, and in brackets, Jess, and she will answer as Jess. Just that almost informality friendship mm-hmm. aspect by abbreviating her name actually brings up an attention, actually brings up a connection. You're not dealing with Jessica Simpson, you know, you're dealing with Jess, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot more informal. But you're right, you've got to put that last name down there because otherwise people do get to that hurdle and go, well, I don't know the last name. And here's the funny thing, they react by thinking... Maybe it's a robot. Maybe it's not a real person yeah. because it doesn't have a last name. It's weird how our mind works when we don't see a last name on, an, on a signature. And even little things, Steve, like eye contact. Here we're talking, there's many listeners who are retail store owners, so eye contact, uh, thank yous, whether it be a, a, just a, a simple thank you or in our last wow segment we talked about saying thank you with an experience, but all these little things, maybe individually, aren't huge wow, things that make people go wow. But if you add them up, you create an incredible experience for your client and you will wow them, right? If you're talking to to someone and they've got a nice watch on, remark on it, go, that's a beautiful watch. You know, someone's got a tie on, someone's got a dress on, someone's got some nice shoes, someone's singing a tune, someone's got an iPhone case or something. If you can find someone and go, oh, I love your iPhone case. Mm. You know, I. funny enough, when people have actually gone to talk to me and they're, they're still talking into their phone and I've said something about, oh, I love your watch, they put their hand down and look at their watch. And I've now done what they classically called a pattern interrupt. And it gets them connected with me because I've shown that I paid attention to the details in them. Beautiful, Simsy. Bring a tear to a glass eye. I think, <laughs> I think you're a really good bloke, Steve. Oh, shush. Don't tell people that. (laughs) Well, there you go. Another killer way to make your precious clients go wow. Thanks, Steve. Now, just a reminder that after today's interview, I'll be rewarding another motivated listener with over $1,000 worth of prizes for all they've done is implement one idea they've heard on this show. So, like, that's a pretty good ROI. But right now, let's meet entrepreneurial naturopath, author, mother, podcaster, blogger, speaker, and media darling, Catherine Maslin, who's moved her service-based charge-by-the-hour clinic into a membership model and launched the world's first natural healthcare memberships. But the marketing gold does not stop there. Yes, you are going to learn how to not charge by the hour, but Catherine also steps us through how she's built a really strong personal brand in her niche and what that's done for her business's growth. And she reveals, you're going to love this, one thing us small business owners should all be doing more of. (laughs) I'm going to think about 50 things I should be doing more of. be interesting to see what that one thing is. It's good. I know what it is. Now, here's Catherine sharing her very personal story of why she became a naturopath in the first place. 
Okay, um, I'll give you the condensed version so we're not here all Please day. Do. But um, long story short, when I was quite young, I was in a home with domestic violence. So there's a lot of turbulence there, um, a lot of stuff going on for me. I ended up addicted to heroin when I was 15 years old. So sorry to jump in with that that early in the show. <laughs> um, but 15 years old, I was living on the streets of Melbourne and I was very fortunate because I had one of my best friends was moving to North Queensland. So far North Queensland, Daintree Rainforest and said, would you like to come with us? I was really lucky. My mother let me go. And as a result of that, I was kind of up by myself in far North Queensland at the age of 15 years old. I met a family up there and one of the women in the family was called Jenny and she became like a second mum to me. So as you can imagine, you're 15, 16, no family, like it was really nice to have that support network. The thing with Jenny was that she had a condition called lupus. So lupus is a systemic disease. It's an autoimmune disease. And it was the first time that I'd ever observed anybody that was really sick, like properly sick. So Jenny was in a lot of pain. She had a medication cabinet that just grew and grew as her condition worsened. And it just made me think like, there's got to be a better way, you know, and I guess that really just ignited that spark in me. I then came across a book on herbal medicine. And Are you I, still addicted to heroin at this stage? No, no, I, I got out of that All when clean. I was 15 and I moved, yeah. Mm. So moving to the Daintree Rainforest saved my life in a way and, mm-hmm. and definitely changed my life in a really big way. So by then, no, living in the rainforest, not addicted to heroin. And... Um, Yeah, Jenny just got sicker and sicker, got more and more medications, but nothing really seemed to work. So eventually I ventured off down to Brisbane, went and studied my naturopathy degree. So I enrolled in a Bachelor of Western Herbal Medicine and a Bachelor of Naturopathy. And halfway through my degree, unfortunately, I got a phone call from Jenny's daughter and Jenny had passed away. So it was a really hard time. Um, Jenny's the first and only person really that I've been really close to that's passed away. But I guess it really strengthened my resolve to go, this is a bit shit (laughs) we can do better for people. And I guess I've been on that mission ever since. Do you tell that story as part of the marketing of your business? I know you tell it in your podcast, which we'll touch on later, but is that a story that you tell? Is it your why? I do. Yeah, I do. And I guess I've only begun really telling it maybe the last few years. And I think the reason for that is I still had a lot of healing to do around my past and my history. And I think once I went through that and did that healing, and I guess which is part of my story and my why as well, Mm. that I know that people can make really big shifts in their life. And I know because I've been there. So yeah, I do tell it because I think that people need to know your story and where you come from and not just think that you get from A to B and there's nothing Mm. in between. Mm. No, totally. And it it gets people leaning in and makes you different to the naturopath down the road who's not telling that story and just says, you know, here's my degree and that's why I'm a naturopath. Yeah. So people are buying into it. So you graduate as a naturopath. You, I guess, work for someone else for a period of time and then start your own business. So I graduated. I started a little clinic underneath my house, um, like, you know, a house that I was renting. And then from there, I went into a couple of different multimodality clinics. And um, I... I was, you know, with chiropractors and psychologists, but I thought, oh, there's just something a little bit missing here. And I guess one of the big things for me was with my journey, there was a lot of emotional wellness work. So a lot of healing from trauma and all of that. And all of the practices that I work in really miss that. Mm -hmm. And I also felt that although we had a bunch of people working in rooms in the same building, there wasn't really the level of collaboration. So I wanted to start Brisbane Natural Health, which is the the first business, Um, looking at it, how do we actually co-manage these patients through this? Not just a heap of pracky sharing rooms, but how do we actually properly co-manage Pracky's. them? 
prackies, practitioners. Uh, yeah, love it. <laughs> a bit of industry I love lingo of industry for you talk. there. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's how we've come about. And I guess it's evolved over the years in that we co-managed patients in a traditional way. Then we began to offer packages, and the packages were basically, um, you know, a group of sessions that were over a certain period of time to manage people a bit more specifically. And now we've only do memberships. Hmm. So by memberships, I mean people pay a set weekly fee. They go on a journey with us, and they get whatever they need in that process. I want to really dig down into that because that's quite. Uh, probably groundbreaking in your industry. In fact, probably many service industries. I was actually talking to my chiropractor yesterday about this because like, really, you want me to come for two years and pay 55 bucks an adjustment every two times a week? Well, I know someone who's offering a membership model. (laughs) I'll tell you more about it next week. I want to go there. But before we discuss memberships, Catherine, um, what what were those early years like of establishing your business and getting your name out there and finding a point of difference? (laughs) Exciting. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, essentially. Like I had, um, yeah, I, it was kind of like just jumping off a cliff and building the plane on the way down for me. But um, I think I've, I'm a, a natural. You wouldn't build a plane on the way down. <laughs> just a parachute, a bit easier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm a natural marketer. Like I think in another, yeah. in another world I could be a marketer. So marketing and all of that stuff I was really good with. I'm a good writer. So, you know, I got the websites up really early and that was one of our main areas of success was getting the websites and SEO right really early in the game when mm-hmm. not a, pe- a lot of people were really onto that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was difficult and challenging, but exciting all the same. And now, how many years in? Eight years. What's the clinic look like? Totally different. <laughs> totally different. It's not different. underneath your house anymore, I'm guessing. It's not underneath <laughs> my house anymore. We've actually, we moved premises a few years back. So we've now got a team of 15 people. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> 15 people, humans to manage. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we're multimodality. Um, we're Australia's, and as far as we know, the world's only natural health membership-based clinic. And we've just expanded into regional Queensland. So we're doing some work up in Rockhampton and the Capricorn Coast around that area. And we've just launched our virtual membership, so fully virtual worldwide. You've just, in the last 10 minutes since we've been talking, described a heroin addiction at the age of 15, a very close friend who passed away, you having a realisation that there's got to be a better way, going and studying naturopathy and now having a business that's employing 15 prackies. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Ah. Oh. Good. Um, it's funny because I reflect on this a lot, right? Do you? Like, there's a lot. Especially, do you celebrate it? I do. I do. Um, I guess at the moment for us, we're in a bit of a transition period. Like, we've just rebranded our business. I've just launched the podcast. Like, there's a lot of new things coming and happening. And I guess. Um, I'm really big for celebrating success. So, I mean, it hasn't just been go, 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 but there's also been a lot of challenges. And I feel like at the moment I'm like a butterfly that's about to break out of the cocoon and it freaking hurts and it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but I know that there's going to be really good things to come out of this and I can see that happening already. Where's the discomfort coming from? I think it's, you know, when you're growing into a new version of yourself, you know, like it's just a bit uncomfortable. Um I guess even having a team of 15 and stuff, like it's mm. it's amazing. We've got an amazing practice and we've got a great culture and we've built all of this and not just me, like myself and our team have built this together. But what we're creating now is very next level. This podcast project that I did took me outside of my comfort zone, you know, meeting people and interviewing people well, and starting podcasting, which is new for me as well. Mm, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Definitely don't have the fancy setup we've got going on here. Um, and I think it's just that when, 
it's almost like imposter syndrome, I guess, a yeah, little bit. Like, yeah, am I good yeah. enough? Am I this? And you swing between it. This is amazing. Oh, my God, can I ever make it? And there's this whole rhetoric and, and yeah. process that goes on with that. And I, I honour that and I acknowledge it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's. I think we all get a little bit of that. It's just being able to move through it. I'm not sure all get it. There are some who, people who just have this unbelievable sense of self-confidence. I'm not sure how deep it is, but... It gets them through. But I, we've spoken, I'm just trying to think of who I spoke about the imposter syndrome with a few weeks ago. It's very powerful and very damaging if you don't acknowledge it. You don't, if you don't know it exists. And, you know, I did a bit of investigation in it and there's Hollywood A-listers who have got imposter syndrome. So, like, it's not just for the small business owner trying to have a crack and break out of their comfort zone. It is. I think it's something that all of us get on some level from time to time, mm. but it depends on what level you're going to let that self-talk drive the machine. Mm. For, to me, it's just self-talk. I'm like, oh, it's just the resistance. I've just got to meet that resistance and go, okay, that's fine. We've just got to move through it. Put your finger on a, a moment of acceleration or two where your business has gone from zero to hero, where you've just done something. Yeah, it's um, culture for us. Mm. So we... When we moved premises, we moved into a place that was two and a half times the size. We weren't quite ready for it, but it was in the same building and it was a good opportunity and we wanted the space to be able to create workshops and community, not just a place where someone's popping in and out. And uh, at the time, there was a lot of turbulence around our team and when we were creating programs, a lot of resistance with that. And what I came to realise was that I wasn't really clear on my why and what we were doing. So I kind of went into the business. I knew it deep down inside, but you just do your thing and you build the stuff. And then everyone's like, oh, well, where are we actually headed with this? So once we started to expand and really get clear on that, we had a lot of people drop away, which is kind of normal, natural process. But then the amazing thing is that over the years, once I've clarified that and got really clear on that, why we're doing and our values and our vision and our mission is that since then our team has just got better and better and they come in and they get us so we don't have that resistance of them six or 12 months later leaving trying to take patience with them like doing all of that process I guess we've created this place where everyone is an equal one of the ways in which we do that business-wise is because of our membership, all of our practitioners are employed and that's very, very rare in the natural health industry. Most people are contractors. So when you're a contractor, no matter how much you might not think it, you're always sort of in it for you in a way. There's that fear around my patient, your patient. I don't want to refer them because I'm quiet this week. We wanted to eliminate all of that. And by doing that, there's none of that fear around, am I going to get paid this week or can I work with this person? So everybody works together really well. So since we changed our culture, that's when things in business really began to take off. Now, you've moved from charging by the hour to a membership model. Unheard of in your industry, unheard of in many service-based industries. It seems really scary. It sounds like you would put off a whole lot of existing customers, frighten a whole lot of prospects, and in the meanwhile, make a whole lot less money. <laughs> your smile says to me, that's not what happened. But <laughs> You're <w> psychic. <laughs> <laughs> what's a membership model look like in a service-based business? Okay. So when I started the membership, I was like, this is fantastic. Everyone's going to do this. Everyone's going to copy this. And then once I got about 12 months into it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot more to this than would meet the eye. Because when you're servicing someone session to session, it's easy. So you market them, you're marketing, say, to a condition or whatever. They're searching you, they're searching Naturopath Brisbane, they're finding us, they're coming in. And all you have to sell them is the, the next session. And you might map out the journey and you're like, okay, it's going to take time, etc. But to them, all they need to commit to is the next session and the next session and the next 
next session. The problem with that is that when they only commit in the short term, what, what happens is people will do two or three sessions, they'll get themselves out of crisis enough that they can survive and then they just keep surviving. So we made a conscious decision that we, we really wanted to work with people that wanted to go through that entire process. So the minimum that we work with people is four months. And the reason for that is because it takes time to change habits, beliefs, systems, and really get that healing occurring. We have this big... Um, thing that people are on a journey and the journey has ups and downs. And when you're on a down, it's a roadblock. We all get them. I mean, I'm sure you've started a health thing. I'm sure everyone that's listening Mm. has started something. (laughs) It's the finishing that is the key. So with the membership, it means they're kept accountable. We can look at those roadblocks. We can preempt the roadblocks. And when they come up and the patient goes, oh, this is going on. Yes, remember we spoke about that. It helps them to push through it. But it also means that we get to work with less people deeper rather than sort of dipping in and out here and there. Uh, Because it's why less people? Because there are only, there's a limited amount of memberships. It's yeah. expensive. There's a, it's, little, it's, it's, there's a limited amount of memberships and mm. the people that work with us work with us for longer. So we're working with people 6, 12, 24 months rather than some people that length, but then others maybe a month, others maybe a couple of months. So it means then we have that minimum commitment and they're in it for the long haul and it changes the energy completely. So if they're halfway through a journey, they're on a membership, they're not worrying about how much these costs are going to come up. They're not worrying about that stuff. It's all mapped out for them. So uh, is it essentially you, pay a monthly membership to be part of Brisbane Natural Health and you have access to all the different prackies. Yep. So we've got several levels. So at the base level, they might only see one practitioner, like an acupuncturist or a naturopath. And that's a membership? That's a membership. Often as you like? Uh, no. Now, when we started, oh, see, we I did as often that. as you like, but it, <laughs> Got abused? it broke us. Yeah, it's it was really difficult to maintain that and track it profit wise, and we didn't do it well, and we we took a big hit at the start doing mm-hmm. that. So I wouldn't suggest doing it that way. I th- some of our services are unlimited. So for instance, with our memberships, they get unlimited check ins. So check ins are fifteen minute phone calls. How are you going? What's going on? Do you need to touch base? Um, and that's been really successful. But for the appointments, we find a set structures a little bit better, and we have flexibility within it and sometimes mm-hmm. we'll even transition them into a different membership. They might be halfway through naturopathy and we're like, actually, you really need acupuncture. You need to move into there. So they have different levels. So some so, of the levels... So level one is is, diff- is a modality. Yep. Okay. Level one is a modality. Level two is a modality and just a handful of what we call ancillary appointments. So appointments with other people in the clinic. And then the level three is I'm really messed up. I need a lot of help and I need to see everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shouldn't laugh at <laughs> You said it. Yeah. <laughs> and hello to all those Catherine pa- Catherine's patients on level three. I hope you're doing really well. well they are. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, so uh, can you put a price to these? Is there a fixed price for each of these membership levels? Yeah, we do. And it depends on the modality, but they start from $69 a week and go right up to about 300 bucks a week. And how did you arrive at those prices? Trial and error mm. to begin with, um, but just maths now. Um, and, you know, it's... It's very different. So we started off calculating on a standard model. Okay, so this is how much it would cost. This is how much it'll be per session and we'll just space that out. It doesn't work in a membership model because there's so much more work to do. Mm-hmm. So we have all of our check-ins. We have a lot of admin. We've got a lot of creation. So there's a lot of stuff built around it supportive-wise. Our members get unlimited workshops in the clinic. We run 84 across the year. So there's lots of awesome. stuff on the outside. So it's trying to find that price point where it's affordable for them, but we're still making profit, um, but it accounts for some of these extra services as well. I imagine then you've put a whole lot of work in to the customer or the patient experience so that now they're not just coming in. It's a tr- well, previous what was a transaction, I'm coming in to get some acupuncture, here's some money, here's the needle, see you later. Now 
I'm a member of something, a community, yeah. and there's a whole experience attached to it. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. And that's why when we're in the smaller clinic, that's exactly how I'd um, describe it, is that people come in and they come out. It's transactional. So now we have community. So we have this beautiful big workshop room that sits in the centre of the clinic and all the rooms surround it. Sorry, and all the rooms surround it. Did you bump the microphone yeah, I did. then? Sorry. You're a podcaster, sorry. mate. What's that I know, about? amateur. Amateur hour. And... Um, they're part of, you know, an online community. We have events for them that they can come to as well. So it's just trying to cultivate that you're not alone on this journey. And I think one of the biggest things for people to shift their health and their life is that they actually have support, you know, and, and support while they're in the clinic, but also outside of that as well. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Do you love creating that experience? I imagine that it just it, as a marketer, you would love building that experience and it brings a whole new level of fun to building the business. Oh, I love it. And I love seeing our patients interact with one another. I remember um, we hosted a Christmas party for the first time a couple of years ago. So it was a members only Christmas party and just all of them talking to each other. Oh, I, I saw Mackenzie. How was your session with her? Oh, I did this. Oh, what happened for you? It was beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Mm. Just guava juice served at the party or was there a... Uh... No, there was organic champagne. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Crazy down at yeah, Brisbane. Natural. We're not purists down at Shift at <laughs> Brisbane Natural Health. We um we believe in living. I, the, well, I want to. You have done a rebrand. You mentioned Shift. You mentioned Brisbane Natural Health. I'll come back to that. I just want to finish the, the membership discussion. How do the clients react to it all? So to begin with, um, we did it. We went slowly. So we went. Let's get our new people in as members to begin with, and then we we sort of figured it out. So we have a lot of our older clients now on memberships, but there's very few patients of ours that aren't on memberships now. So it was a bit of a multi-layered thing. We didn't want to isolate our current community that had something in their head. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to begin with because I am a creator and I'm like, right, let's do this thing. Let's go in and launch it. And it stuffed everything. And my marketing wasn't right. The website wasn't right. My team hated me. Um, It, you know, it was a really good reflective experience that has made me learn a lot about planning when you're putting a new thing into your business like this. So would you do it differently or would you actually do what you did, which is kind of the minimum viable product kind of thing and like, let's get it to market, let the market come back and go, what's going on? I don't like that. I like this. And just just keep pivoting. There's a couple of wanky terms in there, aren't there? But just keep keep moving along until you get it right. I think... um I don't know. I think you've got to, it can't be perfect. You've got to get, just get in and throw it in. The thing that I didn't get right was the top end marketing. So we're like, all right, from now on, all of our naturopathy people, it's going to be membership only, but it wasn't communicated very well. Mm. Um, we had instances, for instance, and we, we don't get them anymore, but at the start where someone might come in and they do a membership and then their partner calls up and go, this isn't right. This isn't how naturopaths work. We, we don't want to do this. So it's interesting that psychology a bit around it as well, because mm. it is something completely new. Mm. Well, you've been a leader. Yeah. Had other naturopaths tap you on the shoulder and go, what are you doing? Yes, definitely. What? Uh, what are you doing? Can we do it? Can we learn from you? Or what are you doing? You're killing our industry. No, 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 no. I haven't had any of that. I've had a lot of people ask, yeah, what, what do I, I want to yeah, do right. this. I've thought of doing this. How are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's good. Uh, now, you have then taken it into a regional space as well, right? So is that, uh, is that the idea of just being able to open up a bigger kind of catchment area for you? Yep. Also, I just think that regional health has no service. Mm. So we had a lot of patients flying down to see us from Rockhampton, which is central Queensland, like quite a big proportion of them. I'm like, what is going on up there? So we decided to run a workshop, a couple of workshops up there, which we did. Um, And then on the back of that, we did naturopathic consultations. So they had their initial in person and the rest was virtual. So we went through that process and just had a bloody amazing 
response from it, you know, and every time we went there, we had more and more numbers. And then our last set of workshops, we had 65 at one and 70 at the other and booked about 20 consultations off the back of it. So it was, you know, good revenue for us, Mm. but also the community was really thirsty for it. So it's sort of that double-edged sword. So we now have a couple of virtual naturopaths and they only service the people that are regional overseas and not in Brisbane. Face-to-face over Skype video or something? Yeah. So we use a platform called CoView, which is like that doctors use it's a like Skype, but they don't need to log in and it's mm-hmm. not complicated. How do you do that though? It's a, quite a tactile industry, yours. Don't you need to sort of check people's skin out and say, show me your tongue and touch pulses and things? Yeah, I think like ideally, if you can sit in front of someone, it's best. You can't beat that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. But you can get about 95% of the way there through mm-hmm. naturopathy. And I guess the style of naturopathy that we do is all around the patient and their symptoms and their signs and what they're experiencing and their story. So from that, we can glean most of our information and also looking at their pathology, et cetera. So mm-hmm. it's pretty replicable over the life. So have you online. started, you haven't got a business up in Rockhampton, a, a physical business? We're there once a fortnight on the ground. Mm-hmm. So we do a bit of FIFO at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm, but it's looking at, you know, in the future, I think opening a clinic there might be an option. It's just getting the people that will... Be it's interesting, to be like uh, you identified Rockhampton as a place where a number of patients were flying down. Mm. Were there other places or was it just that place? Was there something going on up in Rocky? So there's there's definitely other places, but we wanted to get one area right before rolling it out, and we haven't exhausted Rocky either. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know we're we're still finding our feet there, and we get people coming from Gladstone and driving two hours from way out bush, you know. So we've got quite a big area, and we thought well we're Queensland, and also at the time we were called Brisbane Natural Health. We're like mm. well we need to be Queensland. We're not going to be able to go in you know, country, Mm. New South Wales called Brisbane Natural Health, it's not going to work. So we thought from a marketing perspective that they'll deal with that, that's okay, which they did. Um, And that's one of the reasons of the rebrand as well. It's like we need to ditch the name Brisbane. It's time now. Okay, let's touch Mm. on that rebrand. One last question about membership, Catherine, is uh, to those listening who are thinking, oh, a membership model sounds really interesting. I might do that tomorrow. What what advice would you give them? I think plan it plan it and make strategy around it. Like, what are you trying to achieve? What is the end outcome for the client? Um, Have a look at your costings really carefully and make sure that you account for some of that other stuff. But I think the real key is that there's a lot of just recognising that it's a big change. It's a change through culture of your team. So getting them on board, getting them ready or getting new members, new team members that are into that mind space, Um, making sure that your marketing is sorted out and that you have that clarity around that and yeah, just being really clear on what you're trying to do. And it's not a, a decision around greed. It's actually a decision for you. It was the fact that you could manage patients in a much more holistic way by saying you need that, you need this, and it's not going to actually cost them any extra and it's going to lead to a better result. Yeah, for, it's a win-win, really. Mm. Like it's it's great for our team because they have that continuum. It's great for the patient because mm. they get results and it's great for revenue because we know what's coming in. Now, rebranding. It's always a scary word. Particularly when you've been in business for a few years, so you've been Brisbane Natural Health. Are you the sh- are you shift? What are you now? Where are <laughs> <I> mean, you going? <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, but no, we're, we've just rebranded to shift. So and we're still in that transitionary period where we're working through that. So we've kept Brisbane Natural Health as a product, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the clinic name will remain Brisbane Natural Health. That is for SEO purposes mostly, and yes. just the credibility that we've built around that because we've got great organic search. But we've rebranded to shift. And shift with – surely there's something under that. Shift natural therapies or so it, shift – So it is just shift um, yeah. because – and the reason for that simplicity is like we're, we're looking at long – 
long-term mm-hmm. goals here. Like we're going big with that. Um, our website is The Shift Clinic. So that's sort okay. of what we're, up, we're operating under. We're going under. big. What mm. does that mean? Well, just the plan. I guess when I – like I said, when I started business, it was like well, I'm just going to build my parachute on the way down. Mm. Um, but I guess I've been in business long enough and exposed to enough enough people to know that I need to have a plan for where I'm going. So I've been working with quite a few mentors and things going, all right, well, where are we building the business out to? And if we're going to build a brand, what kind of brand is that and how much revenue will that cover? And mm-hmm. it's looking at taking this approach that we want to build it big to begin with so we don't have to keep rebranding, refreshing and looking at that stuff down the track. I get a sense, and I left my crystal ball at home, but it, I get the sense that you're wanting to sort of build a bit of an empire, a bit of a – because it doesn't – I don't know the industry very well, but I don't think there is like a franchise of kind of natural therapy businesses around Australia. No, there isn't. Ah. I mean, there's a few places with so, multiple clinics, but nothing like what, what doing? we're doing. Yeah. And then have, being a member of one means you're a member oh, – you couldn't be a member of the other because then – or could you – if you were travelling, I guess, but you probably wouldn't is it like, need to. Are you wanting to be the snap fitness of naturopathy? Not quite, because we want to be a bit more niche than that. Right. But it is um, – the brand that we've built is, you know, it's it's shift. You know, it could go into health. It could go into a lot of different areas in mm-hmm. the long term. But really what we're – like the core of what we do is helping people shift and help them on their, on their journey. Great name. Mm. Great name. Totally get it. Full of benefit. Yeah. And excitement. Thanks to American Express, we're chatting with naturopath turned author, now podcaster, Catherine Maslin. I want to talk personal branding with you because I reckon you're really good at it. Really good at it. You're the author of Get Well, Stay Well, keynote speaker, uh, blogger, media darling. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. Media commentator. I'll take that. <laughs> I, was, I was doing some radio on uh, the Macquarie Network and you were, you were on the segment before. He's like, I know her. I know her. And now you're a podcaster with a show called The Shift. What's all this marketing activity done for your business? Can you quantify it and for your personal brand? So when I began my business, I hid behind it. I was like, I'm just working here. You know, it's not my business. It was one of the worst things I could have done. So I I guess it was probably about three years in where I was like, actually, this is my business and I need to own that and become the face of that. So the personal brand, it's, you know, really it's feeding back into the business and that's the, the end game with that. But also it's I love doing radio and TV and print stuff and, and sending that message out there. I love writing. Mm-hmm. So I do have my own personal stuff on the side of that. And also one day I might want to sell Shift, you know, so yes. I'm always going to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Shift might belong to someone else down the track. So I guess at the moment it's just it's a beautiful ecosystem, but it has that ability to be broken apart if it needs to. I, I'm imagining you're a practising naturopath most of the time podcasting, blogging, media commentary, keynote speak, I don't know how much of each of those you are doing, but I know you do them all. You've written the book. You know, I speak to small business owners during, you know, when I go to conferences and things and say, you know, get a podcast or at least start blogging or do something. And they're like, I don't have the time. Like one thing. How are you finding the time? What does it look like for you? Hectic, but so I was in full time practice for most of my career, and I dropped down to two days a couple of years ago when things start getting started to getting a bit a bit bigger, and only just recently, like a couple of months ago, I was like, I'm not seeing clients anymore, and that was a massive deal for me, wow. and it was exciting but also scary, and it hurt a bit, and even now I've got a few clients, I'm like, what's happening with you? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you need me? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm getting a few emails and phone calls. Um, one of my clients the other day was pregnant; she'd been trying for ages, so you get that kind of coming through. I miss that part of it. But you can't do everything. And I think I'm at this stage of my business is if I want to 
grow this the way that I want to. I need to put my energy into it and I need to step up and be the founder and be that CEO or head of the business. And I can't do that while I'm seeing clients day to day at the moment, especially with the launch of the podcast. I'm like only one person. I'm a single mum. So I think, you know, you need to to do the things. But I've always been doing this stuff on some level. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been pretty prolific on social media um, and our marketing campaigns. And, you know, I've been doing radio for a really long time, you know. Mm. You said it hurt stepping down and not practicing. Is that because you went into, well, clearly you went to become a naturopath because you thought there was a better way. And now that you're, well, I suppose you're still providing it. You're just sort of the conduit for others to provide that service. Yeah, and I sit in on our meetings. I'm amongst it. It's just, I love seeing patients. Like that's that's what inspires me is their courage. They're the ones that are doing it. We can't fix them. It's their journey. Mm. So I get a lot from that. So stepping out of that after so many years of it, it was difficult, you know, and it's it's it doesn't feel right sometimes, I guess, when you're doing something new. So that's why. A, a brave decision. And clearly, and I wonder whether becoming a naturopath was your kind of way to then just becoming an empire builder. Because I get that from you. Like, that's kind of what you want to do. You want to build something big. You want to leave something of significance behind. And um so your practice is done, but now you're into the building phase of, of something much bigger. I think so too. And the interesting thing is I don't think I would have been able to build this membership without being there on the front no. line and experience it and getting that feedback and seeing what struggles people were coming up with. So I had to do that. But at this point, it's running really smoothly. The team's really great and I can step back in at any point I want to. Now, Catherine, I just want to finish up because us small business owners are pretty ordinary at looking after ourselves. Business is number one, of course, and we're number two and three (laughs) and four. Uh, I don't think we need to go through what we're doing wrong. We know what we're doing wrong. What what are some of the things that we could be doing right? Because I think it's actually a marketing question because if you're feeling good about yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, then you're going to be a better person, better marketer, better business owner. I agree completely. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, I could be like, don't eat sugar, blah, blah, blah. But the biggest thing is get back in your body. Like get out of your head and get back into your body. And what we do at, when we're entrepreneurs, business owners, like we're busy, we're go, go, go. We've got, a, we've got a massive list of a thousand things in our head and all the possibilities and we're not in our bodies. So when we're not in our bodies, we don't listen to our bodies. We don't listen to those little symptoms of, of, hey, you haven't had any water for a couple of hours or, hey, you haven't moved for a little while because your body will give you that feedback in the way of signs and symptoms. So what I say to people is just trying to get out of your head and back into your body. And the way that you do that is by self-observation is by showing up and being responsible for what you're creating for yourself, but creates a little bit of space. You know, go for a walk in the forest, have a bit of time where you're not on your phone, you're not doing something, you're not answering emails, you need to have space to be able to do that. Easier said than done. Oh, definitely. I know. (laughs) Personally. (laughs) Get out of your head and back into your body. So just creating some space to check in on yourself, listen to what your body's telling you, you know, it's a skill, you know, it's, yeah. and it's, it's a skill that we've sort of unlearned, you know, as we've gone through our life, because we're told to just get on with it. We yeah. do, we soldier on, we're resilient and that's great. But we do have that really, um, that ability to just push things down until they're in crisis mode. And I think that's where we need to become a bit more aware. Love it. Hey, love what you're doing. Pretty exciting. I want to tell people where to find you. I don't know whether to send them to Brisbane Natural Health <laughs> or to, you tell me. So the shiftclinic.com. Yeah. 
is is the best place to go, and you can okay. access the podcast there and all of that. And them. I should touch on the podcast. How remiss of me! I did mention that you have one. You've put a lot of effort into that. It's a documentary style podcast. You've travelled to the states and, and London for three months yep. or three weeks. Yep. So we did. One or I the did other. Three weeks three in weeks. the in the states, UK, and then I also flew interviewed quite a few people around Australia, but we've got 25 world leaders on gut and surrounding health. Then my team has curated that into a documentary, which is narrated, and it takes people on a journey through 12 episodes, and it's all around gut health, the microbiome, and preventing chronic disease. So I'm super proud of it. It's exciting. I think it's it's great resource for people, but it also business-wise has been opening up new opportunities as well, which is really Already. exciting. Already, yeah. Give and it's only it. been two weeks, yeah, I think. Yeah, launched two weeks ago. What, yeah. What's an example? Uh, clients. Already. Right. Yeah, client, And also we have a Facebook group and people are jumping in there. They're doing the stuff. So it's early days, mm-hmm. but we've had about four clients already awesome. from the podcast in two weeks. So that's, you know, quite yeah. great, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the idea to do seasonal things? Like the season one is around gut health. Mm-hmm. Season two is? Season two will be emotional wellness. So mental health, awesome. moods, emotions. Yeah, I love it. Well yeah. done. So I, I love business owners that choose to podcast. I think it's an abs- in particularly in Australia, it's an absolutely underrated, undervalued marketing medium. It's a great medium to be entertained and engaged on as a listener, but more of us should be doing it. So yeah. well done to you. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine, for coming in. Thank you. What a great story. Catherine Maslin, naturopath, podcaster, all-round ace chick, really. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Catherine. Attention grabber number one. I love her move to the membership-based model. Not only does it provide surety of income, it gives patients, and I think this is much more important, a clear pathway to access the modalities they need. So this is a customer-centric business that Catherine has created. And as a result, the money will flow. Attention grabber number two. I love the fact that there are a limited number of memberships, creating a sense of scarcity, exclusivity, and just feeling like it's something special. People will want it more. And attention grabber number three... I love how the membership model encourages Catherine and a team to add additional layers to the customer experience. Things like, got a multitude of workshops, something like 80 workshops a year or something, parties, even a private Facebook group. So it's a really, really enjoyable and engaging customer experience that Catherine and a team can create for her members. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, be sure to block out some time and implement it. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly, doodly, it is that time of the episode. The time to reward another motivated listener for taking some swift, smart, inspired action as a result of listening to this show. And today's winner is... Dr. Ben Cavosso of the On Button, a bespoke, how's this, a bespoke high-performance life coaching business based in Mount Eliza, Victoria. I love a bit of bespokeness. Here's what Dr. Ben has to say. Hey, Tim. Hey, Ben. Love your show. Big fan. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. He's won already. I can't remember the exact episode, but one of your guests talked about giving before you get. The idea of blowing a potential customer out of the water before they become one. Yeah, I love that. Give, 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 then ask, I reckon. 
Ben goes on to say, in my coaching practice, we have a sequence of emails that gift clients with online tools before their first call with me. After the call, they receive more online tools and a hard copy of my book, Life CEO, which can be purchased on Amazon. Nice work, Ben. Even before their first one-on-one coaching session. It's made the sales conversion incredibly easy as they know the kind of service level and coaching style they are going to get. That's brilliant. You know, give people a sense of what they're buying into, build their trust, build their familiarity in you, and you're going to have a, a much warmer, uh, easier sales conversion at the end of all that. Thank you so much for the golden nuggets, Timbo, you extract from your guests. Stay amazing. Cheers, Dr. Ben Cavosso. Well, thank you, Dr. Ben. And as a result of you taking action, you win. And here's what you win, a $50 voucher for the beach people. You can get a roundy, a round beach towel, a full range of liars, non-alcoholic spirits valued at over 500 bucks. That's good. I like that. A $50 sendal voucher, a $100 voucher to buy some tradies underwear, $50 voucher to buy some Santa Abel PJs. You got a MyDNA test kit for 99 bucks. You got promotion on this show. Where was he from? The onbutton.com.au. Bespoke life coaching. Get some of that. And a back, back link in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. That's priceless. Everyone else, do what Dr. Ben did. Send me an email to tim at timreid.com.au. Tell me one idea you've implemented from this show and how it's impacted your business, and you win. <laughs> I think I mentioned the other week, I've got a whole lot of questions piling up from you wonderful listeners who, you know, have got some marketing conundrums. You're scratching your head and going, geez, what should I do here? Who could I ask? I know, I'll email Timbo. So I got this one the other day. Uh, It's from Jeff Weber, who is the director at coffeeport.com.au. He says, hey, Timbo, loving the podcast. I actually can't stop listening. (laughs) I love it. I love an addicted listener. I am working towards opening my first cafe. My ducks are lining up and it is becoming real. (laughs) Oh, Jeff. Um, I love it. I love the fact that you're launching into a small business. Um, Cafe. Wow. Competitive. Let's see if we can help you. My question is, in the lead up, six to eight weeks to launching, what would be your top five must-have tools to successfully creating awareness, capturing an audience and maintaining interest? Thanks, Timbo. Keep the marketing gold dripping. Now, Jeff, I've got a bone to pick with you first before I give you some ideas. Put a street address on your website. Like, I went to your website. I know it's got coming soon, you know, under construction, whatever it is, some just minimal information. But what about an address at least? You know, I'd love to know where the cafe is. I know it's not open. That's okay. Start with a bit of anticipation. But here's some ideas that you could be implementing right now. Number one, promote an amazing menu in the lead up to the opening day. Like I'd go as far, I know this sounds extreme, but stick with me, Jeff. I would go as far as taking a trip to the United States of America and bringing back some ideas. You know, I think some of the cafe menus around, certainly where I am, they lack. It's all the same. Look for some different stuff. Look for some funky stuff. Look for some stuff that's going to get people talking. And here's the pro tip. Have hot cinnamon donuts cooking throughout the day. It just smells ace. It attracts people. And who doesn't love a hot cinnamon donut? I sort of say that half in jest, but half seriously, because the smell of those donuts, oh boy, I can smell them from 100 miles away. I'll be there. 
And you could also offer Liars non-alcoholic spirits. Like that's a whole new category opening up that um, people can have a nice fancy drink without getting sloshed. Uh, another idea, create some remarkable marketing, uh, e.g. break a Guinness World Record like past guest Arthur Greeno of Chick-fil-A did. He, um, he created the world's largest iced tea for the opening of one of his Chick-fil-A franchises and got a whole lot of media coverage. And not only that, though, he also got a lot of the local community involved. And that's what you want as a local cafe owner. Another idea, introduce yourself to businesses in your local area, like gyms, real estate agents, hair salons. Invite the owner and the staff, all the decision makers, all those who have an opinion around the local area, in for a meal and totally wow them with the service and food you offer. Okay, so make sure their customer experience is amazing. Another idea is partner up with the same businesses by making an amazing offer to their clients via email or text. You know, for example, your first five coffees free, but all those businesses will have databases. It's got to be quid pro quo. You've got to give in order to get, but I think partnering up would be a way of amplifying um, your voice in the local community. And finally, ask for input from locals as to what they want in a new cafe. I'd go as far as putting maybe some something on the front door asking for people, I don't know, like a suggestion box or something that gives locals the opportunity to input. And then when you do get a good idea, action it and let the community know that it was from them. And you want buy-in. You basically want local people to buy in. Hey, Jeff, thank you for your email, mate, and best of luck with your new venture. That brings us almost to the end of your favourite marketing podcast. A quick reminder, you'll find plenty more where this came from on the Podcast One Australia app. Plus, my entire archive can be found over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Next episode, you and I are going to catch up with a Canadian fellow who's done a bucket load of research dating back to 79 AD in Pompeii to establish if marketing really does work. And he's published his findings in a book cleverly titled, wait for it, Does Marketing Work? Genius. If you are getting value from listening to this marketing podcast, then please let other business owners just like yourself know about it. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reid, cleverly pulled together by the exuberant team at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action.